0: Thank you for joining us this Thursday on Hope for today with Pastor Doug. And the title of our message today is called Our Hope in Jesus. It's a two-part message I talked about for Monday and Tuesday or Tuesday and Wednesday. And due to technical difficulties, I was not able to record them. So we're publishing today and tomorrow. So tomorrow's message will be entitled The Hope in the Resurrection and Our Hope in Jesus' Is for today you know because of the Greek way of thinking at this particular time in in the writing of the word their heritage the Corinthians of Paul's time were questioning the reality of the resurrection do people question the reality of the resurrection today the answer is yes some people say did the resurrection ever did it happen or was it something that was staged? Now, Paul challenges the, uh, the Corinthian Greeks at this particular time in the scripture we're reading. He challenges their way of thinking by pointing out the absurdity to which it leads. Because if there is no resurrection, then what the apostles are preaching is in vain. And there's no hope. There's no hope of eternity. You know, we think of those that we were talking about. The Greeks teach about, um, at this particular time, uh, disemboweled souls. In other words, it lives on without the body. Or we have people talking about countless cycles of life, of reincarnation, of living one life and keep striving for another. Some believe that the body and the soul ceased to exist altogether. But Like I said, because of the Greek heritage, they were questioning. They, they wanted reason. They were thinkers. You know, we live in a world today where people think. But we have the word to back up what actually happened. We have the word that tells us the resurrection happened. It tells us there in the verses of 1 Corinthians 15, it says verse 1 through 32, it tells us that Jesus appeared to Peter, the apostle, and then to the twelve. He appeared to more than 500 of the brethren. Think about that, 500 witnesses. Some were still alive at the time this was being written, and others had Fallen asleep, they went on to be with the Lord. They passed away, but they had the hope. Then he appeared to James, and then to all the apostles once again. And last he appeared to Paul. he, He said he is the least of the apostles. He was the persecutor of the church. But it was by the grace of God that he is what he is god had grace god used him it was by the grace of god that it was with him each and every day it says whether whether then it was i or they this which was preached and this is what you believed they were believing but now they were starting to question the the christians in corinth It was like a division, or they were questioning, trying to reason. But it says, But if it is preached that Christ has not been raised, or Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say there was no resurrection? It says, If there was no resurrection from the dead, then not even Christ has been raised from the dead. And if Christ has not been raised from the dead, then our preaching is useless and so is your faith. More than that, we would be found false false witnesses about God. For we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. It's useless. You're still in your sins. You have to do the sacrifices. You have to keep atoning for your sins. It says, then all those who have fallen asleep, have passed away in Christ, they are lost. It's kind of like he's making a point here. He says, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are pitied more than all men. But Christ indeed has raised from the dead the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Since for death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes through a man. For as Adam all died, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in his own turn, each one of us is accountable. Christ is the first fruits. Then he, then when he comes, those who belong to him, then the end will come, and then he will hand over the kingdom to God, God the Father. After he has destroyed all dominion and all authority and all power, for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Isn't that amazing? So the writer tells us, he says in verse 29, Now if there is no resurrection, what will those who are baptized, what will those do who are baptized for the dead? If the dead are not raised at all, why are people baptized for them? As for us, why do we endanger ourselves every hour? Why do we put ourselves in harm's way for a gospel that's not true if the resurrection did not happen? It says, I die every day. I mean that, brothers, just as surely as I glorify glory over you in Christ Jesus our Lord, I fought wild beasts in Ephesus for merely human reasons. What have I gained if the dead are not raised Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we will die. But he reminds them in verse 33, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses, he's reminding them. Wake up. Realize what you believed in the beginning. As you ought to. And stop sinning. For there are some who are ignorant of God. And I say this to your shame. We have to be careful that we don't, we don't start picking, nitpicking things. Like I said in the beginning, because of their Greek heritage, the Corinthians of Paul's time were questioning the reality of the resurrection. Did it really happen? Paul challenges their way of thinking by pointing out the absurdity to which it leads. He told them, he reminds them, and he reminds us today, that the resurrection is vital. It's a vital aspect to our hope in Christ Jesus, to our faith. As Christians, we were reminded today that the resurrection did happen. It's recorded in God's Word. It was testified by those who saw him. Jesus appeared to Peter, as I mentioned, now, as well as the twelve. He also appeared to 500 people, brethren, at at one time. He mentions James, and lastly, Paul himself. All of these individuals were eyewitnesses to Jesus having been resurrected. Paul mentions in verse 10 of 1 Corinthians 15 about God's grace. This unmerited favor God's grace can and will have a, a lasting effect on your life and on my life on the life of a believer Paul preached that the resurrection he preached the resurrection in a way that the Corinthian Corinthians would understand he says if there is no resurrection from the dead then we have no hope in eternity he and the disciples would be giving false witness about God, about Jesus. But here we see they were testifying. They were testifying that Jesus truly rose from the dead. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, their preaching was in vain. It's useless. So is their faith. He says in verse 17, that if there is no resurrection, that their faith is futile, that they are still lost in their sins, and that those who who have fallen asleep would be lost in their sins, meaning those who have died are lost also. Praise God for verse 20, Christ indeed has been raised from the dead. He's the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Verse 21 clarifies since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. Verse 22 For as in Adam, all who died, all would die. So in Christ, we all have the hope to be made alive. Scripture tells us that. The last enemy to be destroyed is death in First Corinthians 15 20, uh, verse 26. And verses 24 and 28 is so prophetic in nature, yet it's a promise. Revelations 21 verses 1 through 4 tells us Christ, the hope for the world, the promise of life eternal, the promise of being made right with God. And we'll look at Revelations twenty-one one through four. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea, I saw a holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband, as I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them. And he will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain. For the older things have passed away. And that's Revelations 21, 1 through 4. So that's our hope, the hope of eternity. Christ, the hope for the world. It's our promise of eternal life. It's a promise of being made right with God. Shall we pray? Our gracious Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you for this message today. We thank you that there's so much that we could glean from this message. But the main factor for us to remember today is that you did rise from the dead. And you ascended to the right hand of God the Father. And Lord, you make intercessory for us. We thank you for your unmerited favor. We thank you for redeeming us, for making us whole. And Lord, we do live in a world today where people want to pick and choose what they want to believe. They're not sure what happens after death. They're not sure if there's something beyond that. And Lord, whether we read a good book of someone that had near-death experience or not, It doesn't matter because your word tells us that there is a heaven, there is a hell. And Lord, we want to be found faithful in you. Lord, we know the resurrection took place. We have eyewitness accounts according to your word. Lord, we have faith and we believe. Help us not to be like the Corinthians to question the reality of the resurrection. Lord, one day every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It will all be said and done. But Lord, we do want to preach a message, a message of faith, not futility, a message that can help people realize that they are a sinner, a message that will show them the way to be redeemed, to be restored in right relationship. Lord, we can point them in the right direction, but they have to make that choice. We can preach the word, we can teach the word, but they still have to have ears to hear and eyes to see. And Lord, there are some things we take by faith faith in you. And we pray for our brothers and sisters around the world that are preaching the word of God, preaching the resurrection. Lord, as we will continue on tomorrow with hope in the resurrection, where He gets into more detail, they want to question about the body and what it will look like. And Lord, we pray for words and wisdom for that for tomorrow. But we pray for those today that they will not be misled. That they don't stand in bad company that corrupts good character. We pray that people will come back to their senses as they ought to. They will stop sinning, for there are some that are ignorant of God. I like John 3.16 where it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but will have everlasting life. That's our hope as Christians. But God sent his Son into the world, not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He came, he lived among us, He comes and He lives in our heart when we become a Christian. He gives us the hope of eternity. You know, we live in a world today, Lord, where people don't realize, you know, we're not promised tomorrow, but if tomorrow comes, it's a gift from you. But Lord, we pray that those that don't know you as their personal Savior today can be that day. That they will have the hope of eternity. That they can walk in the newness of life. They can be redeemed from the pits of hell. Lord, we ask for your hand of mercy, your hand of protection, your hand of provision upon all those that listen. We thank you for this opportunity. Lord, it's a tough message. To talk about the resurrection we have first-hand accounts but we live in a world that wants to see concrete evidence and Lord it takes great faith to believe in the resurrection the disciples risk their lives each and every day to preach the word pastors risk their lives in some countries to preach the word, to preach the resurrection, Christ, the hope of eternity. But one day there's going to be no more tears, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more anguish, no more need for doctors, hospitals, wheelchairs, crutches, whatever, walkers, nursing homes. We will be made new again, We will be made whole and complete. Lord, we long for the day that we'll see you face to face. But until that day, we want to preach the word. We want to teach the word. Lord, we ask that you bless those that are listening whether they have a physical need, a financial need, or a spiritual need, we know that nothing's beyond you. Lord, you give us what we need when we need it, to accomplish the mission, to accomplish the task that you've set forth. Lord, we thank you for the Apostle Paul that we're reading writings in 2023. In August, on the twenty fourth, I think that it's the twenty fourth. But we're listening, and we're reading the first-hand account of the resurrection by eyewitnesses. So, Lord, we pray for those yet to know you. We pray for those that do know you. We pray a blessing over each and every one. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So thank you for joining us on Hope for Today with Pastor Doug, and we look forward to joining you on Friday with Part 2, The Hope in the Resurrection. God bless, and have a great day.